Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. This is a live, interactive Bible study where we can connect with Christ and community daily and deeply. Join us every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we read a chapter of the Bible, pray, and share our reflections. Whether you are joining live or on the replay, I know God will meet you here. I also want to invite you to the Faith Mamas Tribe app. This is a free app where women of faith can connect, be encouraged, and have their faith strengthened. It's the online social space I know you've been looking for. So make sure to do three things before we start. One, subscribe to this channel. Two, share this with a friend. And three, download the app. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Now let's dive in today's Morning with Jesus. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Mornings with Jesus. I am so excited that you are here today and that we get an opportunity to study the Bible together. Um, if this is your first time here, hello and welcome. My name is Dominique Young, and I'm excited to be here with you studying the Bible, and we are actually in the book of Judges, and today we are studying Judges chapter three. But before we jump into that, I want to say good morning to some of my friends that I see here live. Good morning, Quintier. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Nisha. Good morning, Miss Margaret. Good morning, Bevy. Good morning, Heather. Good morning, Lashana. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, Audrey. Good morning, Brooke. Good morning, Shelly. Good morning, CJ. Good morning, Anjanette. Good morning, Donna Lanita. Good morning, Lilith. Good morning, April. Good morning, Ellen. So excited to see you all this morning. Good morning, good morning. And I am looking forward to jumping into this chapter of Judges with you. But before we do that, let's go ahead and start off with some gratitude. What are you grateful to God for this morning? What are you grateful to God for this morning or this evening or this afternoon, depending on where it is, where you are? What are you grateful for? You know, I am grateful for the opportunity to be grateful. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be grateful. It's so interesting how gratitude really does change everything. It changes the way you look at life. It changes the way that you interact with difficult times with, um, it just changes everything because you can see um, God's hand on your life, even in the midst of the storms, even in the midst of the valleys. So I think I'm just grateful for grateful. I'm grateful to be grateful. I'm grateful for that, that, that gratitude is even a thing. I don't even know. Like, I'm just so grateful. Audrey said, I'm grateful to be able to reset for a new day. I'm excited to hear and see what God is going to do today. Hallelujah. Hi, Quintier says, grateful for mercy and his blood. Amen. Brooke says, thank you, Lord, for your patience with me. Hallelujah. I agree. Thank you, Lord, for your patience with me. Bella says, grateful to be here with you, amazing women of God. And I am grateful that you are here, sis. Lilith says, I am grateful for God, to God for another morning of studying his word with 
his children. Wow. You know, I would love to know how long have you been studying the Bible alongside Faith Mamas? Maybe it's your first day. Maybe you've been here for months. I'm just interested in knowing how long, like we've been doing this for almost for a little over a year, which is been pretty amazing every morning. So that's pretty awesome. I'm just interested to know. Heather says, I'm grateful to God for working things out. I'm learning how to trust him and chill. Me too. I'm learning that same lesson. Trust him and chill. Hallelujah. Bella said, thank you, Lord, for today's opportunities. Hallelujah. Brandy says, I'm grateful for family support. Hallelujah. Erica says, grateful for you all. Ellen says, grateful to not be alone in searching for God, that humans have a need for God to fill the emptiness. Amen. Janice says, I'm grateful for strength and courage given by God. Nisha says, I'm grateful to God for granting me another day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. CJ says, three years she's been studying with faith mamas. Wow, that's even before. That's before we got on YouTube. That's when we had those little little posts of what we were reading and we would type our reflections in the little posts. So that's pretty amazing. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Genesis, just over a year here from the beginning by God's grace and perfect timing. Hallelujah. Brandy says, I think almost a year. Come on now. Hallelujah. Margaret says, grateful for God covering me in every area of my life. Hallelujah. Every area of my life. Brooke says, oh, one year, I think. <laughs> I love it. Erica says, seven months. Wow, this is so amazing. Shelly says, I'm grateful to God for another day to know more of him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. Some of us have been studying together for a year, seven months of, of reading a chapter of the Bible every single day. And I don't know about you, but I have seen change in my life. I have seen the change in my life from studying with you ladies. And I'm just really grateful. Allison says, I'm grateful for my life and all my blessings. I agree. Gratitude is one of the best feelings. I'm grateful for the strong desire to get up and study with you all. I love it. Hallelujah. Bevy says, I'm so grateful to God for waking me up on time for Bible study. Hallelujah. 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 Ellen says, just over a year, I felt so pulled to join and didn't even have a Bible to follow along with in the beginning. And it was still so powerful. Hallelujah. Praise God. Erica says, my life has drastically changed. Praise God, y'all. Wow. God knows what he's doing. I'm trying to tell you, when God began to talk to, my, talk to me about this morning's with Jesus, I thought it was crazy. I thought nobody is going to join at 6 a.m. And God knew. He knew. Bella said, just started with Exodus, less than a year. Thanks to Lanita who encouraged me to join. Praise the Lord. God knew. Hallelujah. 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 Allison is definitely over a year with you all. Hallelujah. Come on. God is so awesome. Like, I'm just really excited. Look, we have been studying the Bible together, chapter by chapter. We have gone through most of the New Testament, we have been been getting into the Old Testament. Oh my goodness, people have seen change in their lives. I am just grateful. I am grateful that God knows what he's talking about. 
God knows what he's talking about. When he says, when he gives you the unction to do something, do it because you never know. You never know why. You never know. I really thought I was going to be up on this YouTube channel by myself. But you never know what God's going to do. Shanda said, good morning. Grateful to be feeling better. My allergies had me down yesterday. And I think a cold and body aches on top of it. God is so good feeling much better today. Hallelujah. Allison said, I had never read the Bible before. Dominique crossed my path. I would do it, leave, but I kept coming back. Then it became one of my greatest habits. Wow. God is so awesome. And if you guys haven't gotten a chance to join the health and wellness group in the app, um, Allison has started a habits challenge. And the first couple of posts have really been about reflection. Um, and it's really helped me. I'm trying to get in there and do all of the, the posts and the reflection. So if you, if, if a, a couple of um, mornings with Jesus ago, we talked about, you know, habits and what we're doing in our life. And I encourage you guys to jump in there and actually like go and look for the questions in the post and reflect on the questions and share them um, because it is helping. It's helping me for sure. So I just want to say that when she mentioned the word habits, it made me think of that. Heather says, I'm thankful to God for faith mamas and all for faith mama and all the faith mamas. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Bella says, I need to join Allison. Yes, it's so good, y'all. I've been doing the questions. I'm like, okay, I got to really sit and think about this question and reflect because y'all, come on. You want your life to change? (laughs) Come on. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Okay, y'all, we are getting ready to jump into Judges chapter three. Don't let me stop your praise. If you got a praise and you got to let it out, just shout it out, type it in. Don't let me stop you. If you're on the replay, feel free um, to just type it in. Um, But we are getting ready to pray into Judges chapter three. Oh, Shannon says, I just started with Exodus. This has been life changing. So thankful for this opportunity to study with you ladies, learning so much. Praise God. Good morning to my sister, Jessica. So glad to see you this morning, sis. All right, let's pray. As we jump into Judges chapter three, woohoo! <sighs> Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for how you're moving. We thank you for the life change, Lord God. Some people have joined us with Exodus. Some people have um, been joining us for the whole year and some change that we've been doing this, some people for seven months. Lord God, I thank you, God, for the change that you've done in all of our lives. Some people before Mornings with Jesus even started. Oh, God, you're amazing. You know, you know exactly what it is that we need and we are grateful and thankful. Father, we pray that as we go into reading Judges chapter three, that you would show us yourself, that you would help us to see you that you would show us what it is that you want us to see and help us to focus on the parts that you want us to focus on, Lord God. We desire to be led and directed by you. Lord, we're excited to read this chapter, but we want it to be more than words on a page, but an opportunity to build deeper relationship with you. So Lord, we ask you to have your way, lead us and guide us. Show us what it is that you want us to see because where you lead, Lord, we will follow in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 
Amen. All right. We are reading Judges chapter three today. If this is your first time reading with Faith Mamas, the way that we do it is we read the chapter two times through. The first time, kind of get a picture in our minds of what's going on in the chapter. And the second time, we take out our pens. Where's my pen? We take out our pens, we take out our highlighters, um, and we make notes in the margins and things like that. So and even if we don't know why that word is is standing out to us, we highlight it and because God will show us. God will show us even when we don't know why it's jumping out, why that day or time or whatever is jumping out. So I'm excited to jump into Judges chapter three with you all. I'm reading from the CSB translation, but you can feel free to read from whatever translation you have available to you. All right, here we go. Judges chapter three, Judges chapter three. And it reads, these are the nations the Lord left in order to test all those in Israel who had experienced none of the wars in Canaan. This was to teach the future generations of the Israelites how to fight in battle, especially those who had not fought before. These nations included the five rulers of the Philistines and all of the Canaanites, the Sidonians, and the Hivites who lived in the Lebanese mountains from Mount Baal Hermon as far as the entrance to Hamath. The Lord left them to test Israel to determine if they would keep the Lord's commands he had given them, their fathers through Moses. But they settled among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. The Israelites took their daughters as wives for themselves, gave their own daughters to their sons, and worshipped their gods. The Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They forgot the Lord their God and worshipped the Baals and the Asherahs. The Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he sold them to King Cushan Rishithim of Aram Naharim. And the Israelites served him eight years. The Israelites cried out to the Lord. So the Lord raised up Othiniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's youngest brother, as a deliverer to save the Israelites. The spirit of the Lord came on him and he judged Israel. Othiniel went out to battle and the Lord handed over King Cushan Rishithim of Aram to him so that Othiniel overpowered him. Then the land had peace for 40 years and Othiniel, son of Kenaz, died. The Israelites again did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He gave King Elgon of Moab power over Israel because they had done what was evil in the Lord's sight. After El Eglon convinced the Amorites and the Amalekites to join forces with him, he attacked and defeated Israel and took possession of the city of Palms. The Israelites served King Eglon of Moab 18 years. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord and he raised up Ehud, son of Gerah, a left-handed Benjamite, as a deliverer for them. The Israelites sent him with the tribute for King Eglon of Moab. Ehud made himself a double-edged sword, 18 inches long, 
He strapped it to his right thigh under his clothes and brought the tribute to King Eglon of Moab, who was an extremely fat man. When Ehud had finished presenting the tribute, he dismissed the people who had carried it and the carved images near Gilgal. He returned and said, King Eglon, I have a secret message for you. The king said, silence, and all his attendants left him. Then Ehud approached him while he was sitting alone in the upstairs room where it was cool. Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. And the king stood up from his throne. Ehud reached with his left hand, took the sword from his right thigh, and plunged it into Eglon's belly. Even the handle went in after the blade, and Eglon's fat closed, it, closed in over it so that Ehud did not withdraw the sword from his belly, and the waste came out. Ehud escaped by the way of the porch, closing the lock, the locking, and locking the doors of the upstairs room behind him. Ehud was gone when Eglon's servants came in. They looked and found the doors of the upstairs room locked and thought he was relieving himself in the cool room. The servants waited until they became embarrassed and saw that he had still not opened the doors of the upstairs room. So they took the key and opened the doors and there was their Lord lying dead on the floor. Ehud escaped while the servants waited. He passed the Jordan near the carved images and reached Sirah. After he arrived, he sounded the ram's horn throughout the hill country of Ephraim. The Israelites came down with him from the hill country and he became their leader. He told them, follow me because the Lord has handed over your enemies, the Moabites to you. So they followed him, captured the fords of the Jordan leading to Moab and did not allow anyone to cross over. At that time, they struck down about 10,000 Moabites all stout and able-bodied men. Not one of them escaped. Moab became subject to Israel that day and the land had peace for 80 years. After Ehud, Shamgar, son of Anath, became judge. He also delivered Israel, striking down 600 Philistines with the cattle prod. All right, let's read this chapter one more time. Here we go. These are the nations the Lord left in order to test all those in Israel who had experienced none of the wars in Canaan. This was to teach the future generations of the Israelites how to fight in battle, especially those who had not fought before. These nations included the five rulers of the Philistines and all of the Canaanites, the Sidonians, and the Hivites who lived in the Lebanese mountains from Mount Baal Harmon as far as the entrance to Hamath. The Lord left them to test Israel to determine if they would keep the Lord's commands he had given their fathers through Moses. But they settled among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. The Israelites took their daughters as wives for themselves, gave their own daughters to their sons, and worshiped their gods. The Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They forgot the Lord their God and worshiped the Baals and the Asherahs. The Lord's anger burned against Israel and he sold them to King Cushan 
Rashitham, and Aram Nariam, and the Israelites served him for eight years. The Israelites cried out to the Lord, so the Lord raised up Othiniel, son of Kenath, Caleb's youngest brother, as a deliverer to save the Israelites. The spirit of the Lord came on him, and he judged Israel. Othiniel went out to battle, and the Lord handed over King Cushan Rishitham of Aram to him, so that Othiniel overpowered him. Then the land had peace for 40 years, and Othiniel, son of Kenaz, died. The Israelites again did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He gave King Eglon of Moab power over Israel, because they had done what was evil in the Lord's sight. After Eglon convinced the Ammonites and the Amalekites to join forces with him, he attacked and defeated Israel and took possession of the city of Palms. The Israelites served King Eglon of Moab 18 years. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord, and he raised up Ehud, son of Gera, a left-handed Benjamite, as a deliverer for them. The Israelites sent him with the tribute of King Eglon of Moab. Ehud made himself a double-edged sword, 18 inches long. He strapped it to his right thigh under his clothes and brought the tribute to the king to King Eglon of Moab, who was an extremely fat man. When Ehud had finished presenting the tribute, he dismissed the people who had carried it. At the carved image near Gilgal, he returned and said, King Eglon, I have a secret message for you. The king said, silence, and all his attendants left him. Then Ehud approached him while he was sitting alone in his upstairs room where it was cool. Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. And the king stood up from his throne. Ehud reached with his left hand, took the sword from his right thigh, and plunged it into Eglon's belly. Even the handle went in after the blade, and Eglon's fat closed in over it, so that Ehud did not withdraw the sword from his belly, and the waste came out. Ehud escaped by way of the porch, closing, the locked, closing and locking the door of the upstairs room behind him. Ehud was, go was gone when Eglon's service servants came in. They looked and found the doors of the upstairs room locked and thought he was relieving himself in the cool room. The servants waited until they became embarrassed and saw that he still had not opened the door of the upstairs room. So they took the key and opened the door and there was their Lord lying dead on the floor. Ehud escaped while the servants waited. He passed the Jordan near the carved images and reached Sarah. After he had arrived, he sounded the ram's horn throughout the hill country of Ephraim. The Israelites came down with him from the hill country, and he became their leader. He told them, follow me, because the Lord has handed over your enemies, the Moabites, to you. So they followed him, captured the fords of the Jordan leading to Moab, and did not allow anyone to cross over. At that time, they struck down about 10,000 Moabites, all stout and able-bodied men. Not one of them escaped. Moab became subject to Israel that day, and the land had peace for 80 years. After Ehud, Shamgar's son of Anath became judge. He also delivered Israel, striking down 600 Philistines with a cattle prod. Let's pray.
Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for the opportunity to read the scriptures this morning. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to have this time to spend with you and to spend with our other sisters in Christ. And Lord, we pray that you would help us during this time of personal reflection to truly see you. Lead us, Lord, to what it is that you want us to see. Draw the connections for us. Help us to understand you and know you better. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's take a few moments to reflect on this chapter personally, and then we will come back to reflect on Judges chapter three corporately. Here we go. All right, we are back for some time of corporate reflection. Before we jump in, I'd like to give a little bit of history, but this time I wanna kind of connect us to the New Testament and what Jesus Christ did. And so let's draw these connections really quickly. So the idea of a judge we talked about before is basically this warrior that will come in and typically save Israel from slavery or defeat from another nation, things like that. So a judge is a, a military and political leader um, in Israel that comes in and saves Israel from what they have gotten themselves into. So now jumping forward to um, to Rome, and Israel was actually under Roman rule. And what the, the Israelites, many of the Israelites were looking for in that day was something like a judge. They wanted someone to come in and to free them from Roman rule. They wanted someone to come in and do what they did in the Old Testament and defeat Caesar and defeat, you know, all the Romans and things so they could walk free. This is what they wanted. This is what they expected when they they wanted a savior, when they knew that the Messiah was coming and they thought that the Messiah was going to be the ultimate judge in this way, setting them free from any oppression of any nation that they would experience. But Jesus came and he did something very, very different. He didn't come as like a, a earthly militant leader. Why? We see from judges, and we're going to continue to see from judges, that the surrounding nations were never their problem. Sin was. And that freedom from the surrounding nations wasn't what they desperately needed. It was freedom from sin that they desperately needed. 
And so when we see Jesus, we see him coming in in a completely different way, fighting a completely different battle than what they were used to. So when you see um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and when you see certain people, even those that were on the cross uh, with him, questioning him, when you see all of this, you have to get in the mindset of this is what they expected him to come in like, like Othiniel came, like Ehu came. They expected him to come like this if he was going to be the Messiah, but the Messiah was there to actually get to the heart of the matter that we see throughout Judges, that the heart of the matter is really slavery to sin and not necessarily slavery to other nations. All right, so now that we've jumped and we've drawn that connection to Jesus, I am excited to see what is standing out to you guys as we read Judges chapter three. CJ says, verse 15 stood out to me, especially how it was specifically mentioned that Ehud was left-handed. Such an interesting detail. Yes, such an interesting detail. And we have to understand that um, right hand, I believe, I believe, that those that were right-handed would keep their weapon on the opposite side. So somebody reaching for their weapon on this side with their this hand would have probably felt odd and not like somebody was about to, you know, take a weapon out. Um, so yeah, I think it was really interesting. And also probably if we get if we dig in deeper to like how um how soldiers carried their weapons, it was probably very like important that he was left-handed and possibly helped him get as far as he did. Allison said four verses stood out. Verse four about testing. Verse seven, they forgot about the Lord, reminded me I need God daily so I don't forget his ways. When things seem bad, did I forget about him? Life is different with God. Come on. Whew. Yes, it is. She goes on to say verse nine and 15, remind me when we cry out for help, the Lord will send someone to help us. Dominique was used by God to lead me to him. This sounds weird, but God does hear us and will send someone when you need them. Amen. Whew. Hallelujah. Yes, he will. Brandy says verse 15 through 16 stood out to me the most. Left-handed and right thigh. I'm left-handed. I'm not sure why this is standing out. I'm amazed how Ehud was able to lead Israel to follow God's command. Whew. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning, Bailey. It's so I'm so glad to see you. Janice said verse two and four. Tests are given both to see what we will do, really to show us, God already knows, and to teach something we need to learn for our protection. Mm, hallelujah. Erica said, I think they would have checked the left thigh for knives since most were right-handed. They didn't check the right thigh. Ooh-wee, come on. Come on. Shanda said, question, what was the importance of the Bible saying the judge was left-handed? Everybody's asking about this left-handed thing. Okay, we got to look this up. Everybody's asking about the left-handed thing. Um, uh, let's see, what side did soldiers carry weapons? Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Let's see, soldiers carried, because it probably, and that's the thing, I love that it's standing out to everybody or a lot of people. 
because it probably has a lot to do. I'm going to look this up. I'm going to really dig into this because we want to talk about it. A lot of people are talking about it, but Erica might be onto something that the fact that he was left-handed means that they weren't checking the side that they, that he would have had the weapon on. So it was kind of like, and the fact that he was left-handed the way he reached, it's possible that it wouldn't have triggered the thought that, Oh, he has a weapon. He has a weapon. Um, that's very possible. So I want to dig into that since that, that left-handed thing is coming up for a lot of us. That's that's a good question. Nisha said, verse 7, 8, God will allow them to become enslaved, but still delivered them. What mercy. Come on. Ellen said, forgetting the Lord, their God stood out to me. Come on. Yeah. And you know, another thing that's standing out to me the first time, the first time they did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And the big things, and we talked about this before, was that they started worshiping these particular god gods. They started worshiping Baal and they started worshiping Asherah. These are particular gods where the worship was horrendous to these gods. We talked about it. The worship included um, sacrificing infants. The worship also included large orgies. Um, Asherah was, was kind of like this idea of this goddess of fertility. So there was a lot of like, there's a lot of sex. There was a lot of, a lot of stuff. And that's how they worship these gods. And it says the Lord's anger burned against Israel, because this is basically the problem from that he had with the other nations is that they were doing this stuff um, to children. They were doing this stuff. They were doing this stuff. They were just, it was horrible. And so Israel fell into doing that. And then the first time around, they get they get put into slavery and they serve for eight years and then they cried out to the Lord. So it took them eight years and then they cried out to the Lord. The next time, the next time with King Eglon, it says they served him for 18 years and then they cried out to the Lord. This hit me. I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up. It took you 18 years to really cry out? 18 years. The first time it was eight years. The next time it was 18 years before you really cried out to the Lord. That thing hit me. And it be, and I began to think about how often we get ourselves caught up into something we shouldn't be in, but then we don't actually cry out to God for help until it gets so bad. Like we don't cry out to God for help at the beginning. We try to figure our way out of it. We try to fight our way out of it personally. We try to do all these things and, and we, we don't cry out to God. I'm thinking to myself, 18 years. First, first of all, the first one, eight years was long enough. And then the next time around, it was 18 years before you cried out to God. And we see this throughout the scripture of how long it took before they cried out to God. So not only did, and, and we've got to understand why this is so important, because this is possibly what was happening before, before they got captured and before God kind of was like fine do do it do what you do your thing and let the other nations take over before that they were worshiping other gods so it's very possible that they cried out to those gods for a very long time 
and nothing happened. That they cried out to Baal to deliver them, that they cried out to Asherah to deliver them and nothing happened, no deliverance came. And finally, after time passed, after trying it a whole bunch of different ways, they cried out to God and he delivered them. And it's interesting that no matter what they did, he continued to answer their cries. And it made me think about even my own life. It's like when you get into trouble, who do you cry out to first? How long does it take you to cry out to God? When you get into a situation, do you recognize your need for God? Or do you think, oh, I need this, or I need that, or I need this person or that person, or I need this or that? Or do we cry out to God quickly? That just hit me, just the timing of like 18 years, 18 years before you cried out to God. Oh, wait. And the first time it was eight years before you cried out to God. Ah. Jessica said, God is so merciful. Even behind their rebellion and pride, he answered their cry and delivered them. We too sit in things too long, come on, before coming to God when he should always be our first choice. And the interesting thing is you can, we, we, can, we can read behind the lines of this story and recognize that for them years, they were crying out to somebody. They were trying to figure out how to get out. It wasn't like, they, I, I find it hard to believe that they were just sitting there like, oh, we're happy being slaves. No, I'm sure they were trying to figure it out, but they just weren't crying out to God. They were crying out to probably the gods that they had been worshiping for a little while. They were crying out to their own works and their own abilities. And when all that failed, they cried out to God. And God still responded to them, even though he was their last resort. He was their last resort. And the question becomes, what happens when God becomes our our first choice instead of our last one? Janice said, sin patterns get us stuck and can lead to trauma bond situations where we can't see a way out. It takes longer each time you go back to find your way to see the problem and get clear to cry out for help. Mm, That's true. That's good. That's true. Allison said, being different is something a lot of people struggle with. People want to be like everyone else, but the differences are what set us apart. I want to encourage us not to dismiss the things that make you different. Amen. Jessica says, this reminds me of today. How how many people have given up hope or given up thinking Jesus, Jesus will return. But my God is so merciful that he is giving us a chance to turn back to him before he returns. Yeah. The, the book of Judges, and this is, we're at the beginning. So we're going to see, we're going to hear about a couple of judges. So far, we've heard about um, Othiniel. And remember, Othiniel was the one that married Caleb's daughter. So we've heard about Othiniel. We've heard about Ehud. And then there was the other one who was briefly mentioned, Shamgar. These were all judges in Israel, which basically meant that these, these individuals would come in and deliver Israel from the hand of the oppressor, right? 
and they would come in and they would deliver Israel from the hand of the oppressor. And then Israel would go back to their land and then they would do the same evil that got them in the situation in the first place. And then something else would happen. We're going to hear about um, Deborah. We're going to hear about Samson. All of these people um, were Gideon. All of these people were judges in the land of Israel. And this is the type of person that Israel thought in the New Testament was going to come back for them. The Messiah was going to look like a judge, but he didn't look like one of those judges. Let me, I want to read something really quickly. So Romans chapter six, Romans chapter six, this is, this is Paul writing to the Romans and he's talking about what Jesus has done for them. Romans chapter six, verse 15. And it's really standing out to me, the connection here. He says to them, he says, what then should we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Absolutely not. Don't you know that if you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, either of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But thank God that although you used to be slaves of sin, you obey you obeyed from the heart that pattern of teaching to which you were handed over. And having been set free from sin, you have become enslaved to righteousness. So why do I jump over to that? Because throughout um, Judges, we're going to see the people being enslaved to what they choose to obey. So they choose to obey the ways of all the nations around them, and eventually they become enslaved to them. They choose to obey the ways of all the nations and what they're doing, and eventually they become enslaved to the very nations that they're trying to follow, the very nations that they're connecting themselves with. Eventually they become enslaved to the thing that they want to obey. God will give you over to the thing that you want. And that's what happened to Israel time and time again. They would get wrapped up in what other nations were doing, what other people were doing. All the people that God said, don't follow their ways, don't worship their gods. They would get wrapped up in that. And then they would they would fall into obeying those the nation's customs. And eventually those nations would enslave them. This is the same concept we see following us throughout um, scripture is this idea of slavery. And I'm doing a I'm, I'm in a class right now that talks about slavery throughout the Bible because slavery is a concept. It's a it's a figurative and literal concept throughout the Bible. And the idea is that who whoever you choose to obey, you will then attach yourself to, and that thing or that person will now control you. That thing or that person will now control you. So you have an option, even when you think. You are, you are your own person in your own mind. You will attach yourself to customs of the world and then become a slave to those customs. And so that's what we're seeing throughout Judges. We're seeing this back and forth and the people attaching themselves and obeying what's going on in the world around them and then falling into slavery of those very nations that they were chasing after their approval. <sighs> It's so the, the concept of slavery throughout the Bible, it runs throughout the Bible and I don't like it, to be honest, but it's a powerful, um, literal and figurative imagery of what God is showing us is happening. 
He's like, you think you're free, but you're actually enslaved. You think what you're doing is giving you more freedom, but it's actually walking you down the path of being enslaved to a very cruel ruler. You think this is freedom, but it's not. Hmm. Tess says, that's more reason that I'm grateful to have scriptures now. He is my my go-to first. He fights my battles. Amen. Bevy says the whole chapter, troubling for me is how the Israelites were so rebellious. Amazingly, they know the goodness and the willingness of God to deliver them because once they got into trouble, God would provide them, um, provide for them once they cried out to the Lord. Sin will take us further than we ever intended to go. Sin will take us further than we ever intended to go. These practices are roaming throughout our communities today where people are so unruly doing their own thing. Then once they get into trouble, they cry out expecting to get an immediate help and rescue. Anna said, God will make it so that everyone you call with your problem is not available except him. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica said, I do thank God that God saw fit to provide the Holy Spirit and the Bible to help and keep us to and to remind us. Audrey says, be careful who you follow. You will become a slave to them without realizing it. Allison says, such a good reminder, free choice doesn't always lead to the things we want. Reminds me of discipline and habits. Come on, let's go there. Let's go there. Be there's so many things coming out right now. Bevy says, sin will take you farther than you ever intended to go. We have to understand that God is constantly showing us throughout the scriptures, the way the world operates, the way the world system operates. And he's showing us time and time again, you don't really want the fruit that comes along with the decision you're making. You don't really want the fruit of what that goes along with the decisions you're making. Israel constantly chose these other nations over God, chose their gods, chose their women, chose to be in covenant with them as opposed to stay in covenant with God. And guess what? Those very nations enslaved them. God constantly showed them. You don't actually want the fruit of what decision you're making right now. Because these nations don't love you. <laughs> these gods that you're worshiping, they don't love you. And what they're going to do is they're going to put you in bondage. They're going to take away your land. They're going to take away the thing. And it's going to be a slow process. You're going to think. That while you're walking into this, you're going to think you're free. Oh, I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. And God constantly shows us doing whatever you want. You don't even realize how manipulated your wants have become. The only reason you want what you want is because of who you've chosen to surround yourself with. Because if you were around some other people, you would want different things. 
So you think it's your free will and your free choice. It's give, he says, but if you really looked at this soberly, if you really looked at what you were doing soberly, you would realize that you really don't want the outcome of what you're doing. That's real. If I would have been sober, let's just talk about it. If I would have been sober minded when, when I was in college and I was sleeping around, I wouldn't have done it. Why? Because of the fruit that comes after that. Again, this is not condemnation. This is just just opening our eyes to say, hey, I've got to I've got to be able to be willing to see past the instant gratification that it gives me right now to see what the the fruit is going to be of this decision that I'm making right now, because I'm not free until I'm sober minded. So when I'm making all these decisions, drunk off my emotions, and I can't, I'm not looking forward. I'm not looking forward at what is this decision? What is the fruit of this decision? Completely, holistically, not just on my life, but on the lives of those around me, on the the lives of my community and the lives of, what is the, the fruit of this decision that I'm making? What is the fruit of this decision that I'm making? Because the reality is, and and Romans shows us this, we're going to attach ourselves to something. Humanity would just do that. It doesn't matter what we think. Humanity, we will attach ourselves to something. We are very good followers. I know we don't want to think that way, but we are. If you look at, if you look at some of the, um, if you look at some of the children that were raised by animals, they literally started taking on kind of like the, the way the animal did. They, the, the gazelle boy could run ridiculously fast because he was raised by gazelles. Humanities, hum, humans have an amazing ability to take on the characteristics of whom we choose to follow. It is absolutely amazing. The girls that were raised by wolves, like if you watch this, we have the ability to take on the nature of who we choose to follow. But the problem is we're not being conscious, conscious when we follow what we follow. We're not thinking about it. We think we're not following anybody, but we are. And where is the person or the thing that we're following? Where is it leading us? Where is it leading us? Where is it leading us? Audrey says, be careful who you follow. You will become a slave to them without even realizing it. Why did Jesus say, follow me? Because it's by choosing, intentionally choosing who to follow that will change your life. Because humanity is going to follow something. That's just the... Humanity was designed to, to follow God's way and then make the whole earth follow the way of God. But then we decided to follow what the devil said, right? Over what God said. And then that had led us in a particular direction. So as humans, we have to, we have to choose who we will follow. And Jesus told the people that were following him, hey, count the cost of following me. I don't want you to blindly follow me. I want you to understand where, why you're following me in the direction I'm going. In the direction I'm going. 
Allison says, such a good reminder, free choice doesn't always lead to the things we want. Come on. Brandy says, it's easy to be disobedient. We must be strong and courageous to follow God. Come on. Allison said, for example, freedom to eat whatever you want isn't really freedom. Come on, Allison. Talk about it. Freedom to eat whatever you want isn't really freedom. People confuse doing whatever they want with freedom, but it isn't. There is freedom and life within boundaries set. Freedom to eat whatever I want, but then not actually thinking about the life that I want and the food that I put in my body. Oh, I can eat whatever I want. So I eat sugary foods and fried foods and fast foods, but I but I I don't want the life that these things produce. So therefore, am I really making a free decision? Am I really making a free decision or am I just draw, just walking into a path of slavery, another type of slavery? Hmm. Allison says, discipline sounds like it's not freedom, but it's quite the opposite. It leads to a right living that those who live by it are happy with. Hmm. Roman says, I'm reminded of the boy who cried wolf fable. They rebel, they cry, they rebel, they cry knowing that the Lord would come to their rescue, never thinking, just what if God decided to withdraw his mercy? Ooh, Jesus. Good morning, Alicia. So glad to see you. She says, just like smoking cigarettes or drinking alcohol. Yes. And what we, what we don't realize is that freedom, right? We, we think about freedom and think about your life. Like, what does a life of freedom look like? What does a life of freedom look like? Like, if you could type it in the chat, like what for you, what does a life of freedom look like? Like, if we were honest, like, what does this life of freedom really look like? And the interesting thing is we don't ask that question very often. We just assume that it's like, well, I do what I want to do. I do what I want to do. But then the question becomes, well, what do you really want to do? And we're going somewhere with this, right? And feel free to type it in the chat. Like, what do you really want? What in the core of you do you really want? I, I believe we'll find that it's similar across humanity. But what is it in the core of, of you? Like, if you could peel back all the layers and type it in, what is it that you really want? What is it that you really want? If many of us, if many of us were, were honest, and if I'm honest, and I said, what is it that I really want? I would say, 
I want to, I want to belong. I want to be loved. I, I want to be per- protected. Like if we were honest, what is it that you really, really want? I want to, I want to have purpose. I, I, I want, like if we really, I want, I want to have energy. Like if we really thought about what is it that you really want as a human being? Janice said, peace, community, come on. What is it that you really want? Love, joy, peace, community, belonging, identity, purpose. energy, to be healthy, come on, to follow only God's voice, good health. A lot of people are saying good health. So these are the things that we really want. Now we have to ask ourselves, am I following Someone that will take me there. Someone else is in my right mind to be in my right mind. To be in my right mind. To be a good wife and a mom. And so when we really sit down and say, what is it that I really want? We will find it similar. Godly godly friendships. We will find that it's similar across humanity. Community, belonging, um, health. All of these things. Why is it similar? Because we were designed with these desires that could only be filled by God. And his ways and his methods. Hannah said acceptance. Come on. So if we look at the core of who the desires that we have. We recognize that it's found in God. So are we, who are we following on a day-to-day basis though? Erica says to belong, to fit in. And the reality is we belong to God. We fit, we fit with him, right? But the, the, the question is, but who am I following on a daily basis? And are they actually leading me towards this? Oftentimes we are following things that are taking us further away. That's not freedom, that's slavery. We're following things that are taking us further away because they they feel good in the moment. But when we wake up a couple days or a couple months later, we realize we are so far away from where our heart desire is. If our heart, if our heart's desire, we have this desire as humans to be healthy. We do. Like I see it throughout the comments. But then we'll follow all this other stuff that takes us further and further away from health. Further and further away. So we got a question who I'm following, is it actually giving me freedom to be who I was designed to be? 
You see, following Jesus gives us freedom to be who I was actually designed at the core of me to be. Following all this other stuff will get us wrapped up in some quick fixes and, you know, feeling good at the, in the moment, but then ending up farther away. Think about it. Man, I used to be the girl that would pop off. I would tell you about yourself. I knew how to cut somebody with my words and I could fight. So I, that's the, 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 the path I was walking. And I thought that was freedom. Well, I'm going to just say what I want to say. But I have more things I've said that I regretted in that time. I didn't feel any peace. I felt constant turmoil. From this idea of freedom, I was just walking myself deeper and deeper into enslaving myself into something that wasn't even who I was in the core of who I was. And it goes right back to what, what uh, I believe Audrey said, be careful who you follow. Be careful. Are we sober-minded? Do we know who we're following on a daily basis? Allison says, self-discipline brings a confidence that lets me be okay going against the norm. The feeling of pride is deep. I can walk away smiling, not in a self-righteous way, but proud of myself. Yeah. Audrey says, I don't want to follow someone who is going to, to pimp me, <laughs> to pimp me for their gain. But I want to follow someone who is following Christ. Mm. Erica says, but that's human nature. That's why we cry out to God. Woo-wee. Yeah, that's why we cry out to God. And then, you know, I would go as far as to say it's a it's the nature of fallen humanity, right? And we have to recognize that. We are going to have a tendency to want to follow things that give us instant growth. This is why the devil works quick. Because he knows he can't compete with God as far as as far as fulfillment and value and all the things that we deeply want. So he works quick, promising us quick results, quick fixes, quick, 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 quick. Because if he can snatch you quick, you'll be following him and you have no idea. But if we can slow down and think, okay, if I make this decision, who am I really following? My, I told y'all, my husband says this thing and it gets on my nerves when he says it, but he right though. Like, he'll say, well, what kingdom is this of? I'm like, oh, <laughs> he says it all the time. What kingdom is this of? What kingdom is this decision of? I'd be like, I just, I can't do it. And he was like, well, what kingdom is that of? And I'm like, oh, you're right. I don't want to think about it. I just want to do it. Well, what kingdom is that of? 
What kingdom is this of? Hmm. Will we, are we willing to slow down and say, well, well, what's the fruit of this decision? Lord, help me. Help me to see the fruit of this decision. I'm so grateful, God, that I can cry out to you when I find myself in trouble. I'm so grateful, Lord God, that I can cry out to you when I find myself in this difficult situations. But Lord, I'm going to cry out to you right now before I make the decision. And I'm going to ask you, Lord, help me to see what's the fruit of this decision. Woo! What kingdom is this of? What kingdom is this of? What kingdom is this of? Allison says, one of the fruits of the spirit we all have is self-control. It's already in us. Learning to develop it is a choice and it takes intention. Come on, hallelujah. What kingdom is this? Self-control is slow, y'all. Moving slow helps us to, to, to make sober-minded decisions. Come on. Jessica says, I want to be free of unbelief. Woo! Not even in God so much, but things God has empowered me to do and be. I have to believe I am who God says I am and what I can do in him. Hmm. Allison says Hebrews 12, 11, again, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening, but afterwards there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained this way. Romans says that's the beauty of choice. We have a choice at any given moment to come out of an agreement with things that aren't really helping us, but hurting us. That first we have to identify Hold up. What kingdom is this? What is the fruit of this decision that I'm making? Bevy says, whom will you choose, Jesus or Judas? As we reflect upon Holy Week, I pray that reading Judges will stir our hearts to live for Jesus. Come on. We will decide to follow Jesus, our true freedom, no longer enslaved people. Woo-wee. Come on, hallelujah. 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 Getting a real picture of what freedom really looks like. Some people said health. Some people said freedom from unbelief. Some people said um, a sober mind. self-control, all those things we listed at the core are found in Jesus. Belonging, acceptance, love, purpose. They're found in Jesus. 
So when I make the decision that I'm making today, I have to ask myself, what's the fruit of this decision? What's the fruit of this decision? What's the fruit? What kingdom is this of? What's the fruit of this decision? And am I really free when I choose this? Or am I doing this in order to appease my emotions? Because we could be enslaved to our emotions. Do whatever our emotions tell us. We can... We can be enslaved to fear. Do whatever fear tells us. Why am I eating this ice cream? I don't even feel good while I'm eating it, but it just, I don't know why, because I'm enslaved to some hormone in my body that's making me feel like I need this right now. Right? But when we look at the Like when we look at the core outside of the individual moment, when we look at the core desires of humanity, health, belonging, these are core values of humanity. You could ask probably any human, any human with any belief, any, whether they believe in God, whether they don't believe in God, there's a core set center of things, belonging, uh, love, um, health, uh, Things like that. But these things are found in Christ and they're found through disciplined life. So we have to remember that. And as human beings, we do have the, we have been given the ability to choose what we We've been given the ability to choose. Therein lies the freedom. But do we choose things that put us in further bondage? Actually stripping our way, our logical choice of really counting the cost of the decision we're making. And we make decisions so fast that we didn't actually make the decision at all. We just followed whatever emotion or person we're following. Ah. Allison said, freedom definitely looks different to every person. Like you said, something doing everything they want is freedom. But what's their fruit? What does the life look like? And I believe wholeheartedly, if we really sat down and, and, and evaluated what life do I truly desire, we would find that a lot of the things that we were doing, because we could, we would stop doing them. Like if we were really to think about it, if we were really to think about it, come on, Erica says, God, I desire to learn self-control. I pray this time next year, I have become closer. Jesus, Holy Spirit, help me, show me. Come on, woo-wee. Holy Spirit, help me, show me. I've learned, I'm learning 
one of the ways that the Holy Spirit has been showing me and teaching me self-control, because I'm right there with you, Erica, is he gives me practice every day. Like one of the things that he's had me practicing on right now is like say no to, to um, fruity, uh, sugary drinks, like sugary drinks. Even if you're at a restaurant, say no and get water instead. Why? Because your flesh has to get used to hearing you say no. Your flesh has to get used to responding to you saying no. And realizing you don't run me. And sometimes we want to jump and do the big extreme thing. And we got to do the little thing first. Why? Because our flesh got to get used to us saying no. No, we're not doing that. No. Pick one thing. One thing. Seek the Lord. Lord, what's the one thing that I can start training my flesh to hear me say no? What's that one thing? And then start doing that. Practicing it. Now, fasting has, has fasting for me is one of the ways that I feel like after I come out of a fast, I feel like, woo, you know, self-control on lock. Holidays kind of mess me up, but that's okay. That's because I wasn't ready. I didn't go into it with the mind of self-control. But it does help. Because our body gets used to us saying, no, we're not going to, we're not going to eat a meal right now. What? And, I, and, and ask anybody that's fasted regularly, I'm not one, but there's some people that fast regularly. And they'll tell you that, yeah, food is not an issue for me like it used to be. Because my body is already used to me saying no. With the first couple of days, it was hard and excruciating and painful. The same thing with Allison. Like, Ask her about like her life change with eating and things like that and choosing different foods. I'm sure the first couple of months were hard, but now her body's used to, her flesh is used to listening to her. Right? So you do little things, little things to get your body used to, to get your flesh used to listening to you. And don't wait until the situation gets horrible and then try self-control out. <laughs> like test it out. Like start building the muscle like you would in the gym. Lord, help us. God, help us. Give us opportunity. Woo. Come on. Lenita said God's word is alive. It's so powerful and cuts through the soul and spirit, bone and marrow. That's why we need to hear it. And the devil wants to keep us away from it because it transforms and empowers. Come on. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to go, but this is awesome. And I love the prayer that Erica prayed. I pray it be a prayer for all of us. God, I desire to learn self-control. Lord, I know that there's freedom in self-control. Come on. There's freedom in self-control. I pray that this time next year, she says, I've become closer. Hallelujah. Jesus, Holy Spirit, help me, show me. Hallelujah. Come on, when we start to desire self-control, 
Hallelujah. Nisha says, same goes for relationships. What is the fruit of this relationship with a certain person? Is it pushing us further away from God? Hallelujah. Allison says, think of a trained dog. A disciplined dog can actually be off uh can actually be off led even if there are other dogs around or people off leash there we go can actually be off leash even if there are other dogs around or people the dog won't follow its instinct because it's been trained the short time training for the dog actually leads to more freedom they don't gotta be on a leash like the other dogs come on because they're not gonna do something that's gonna get them hurt it actually gives them access to more freedom. Woo! Bailey says, sometimes we want to achieve this huge goal in three days. Start with one thing and then move on. Remind yourself, you can't drop 20 pounds in three days. It's unrealistic. Come on, quick fixes are the devil. Literally, that's how he works. That's literally how he works. The devil works in quick fixes. I'm sorry, because quick fixes don't stick. They don't stick. Quick fixes for your finances, quick fixes for your health, quick fixes for your, your belonging, quick fixes for love, quick fixes for loneliness, quick fixes. Them things don't work. Quick fixes are the devil, literally. And we've got to re re realize that. Audrey says, draw closer to God. It would change the way you think, act, and speak. You will want to please God. And I believe that's why people today are saying, Lord, teach me self-control. Come on. I don't know about y'all, but a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have been praying that prayer. But when you start to realize, oh my goodness, when you're reading Judges and you're like, doing whatever I want to do because I want to do it, it ain't it. That ain't it. The fruit of those decisions, oh no, that's not what I want. Come on. Lenita said, I have not eaten meat since October after coming off of a three-day water fast. God gives us strength and changes our perspective. He takes the taste out of our mouth. He will. Come on. God is able. Bridget says, the second time I did the Daniel fast, I changed my eating habits. I felt so good. I'm now vegetarian and feel, I feel so much better. Come on. Come on, Alicia says, it makes me remember the scripture to take every thought captive and make it obedient to the Lord. When we do that, then we can resist. Come on, Alicia. Then we can resist those thoughts that tempt us to fall for the quick fixes. Come on, sis. Woo! Look, what God is showing us through judges, what God is showing us through Jesus Christ, what God is showing us that we have access to through the Holy Spirit, he's not saying here it's easy. He's saying here, take it. I've given it to you. I'm not saying it's going to be easy to fight your flesh because your flesh has been loud for 35, 45 years. But I'm saying through Christ, you are able to do this. Through the Holy Spirit, you can do 
do this. Come on. Might you fall on your face a couple times? Maybe, but through Christ, you will get back up. Come on. Through Christ, you don't have to continue to make the decisions that you were making. Through Christ, you can live free from sin. Through Woo, can we say that again? Through Christ, you can live free from sin. Through Christ, you don't have to be controlled by your flesh. Through Christ, you can wake up and make a different decision every single day. Every day, through Christ. Start with baby steps. Through Christ, your life can change. Come on. One of the biggest things that we have to realize that we have access to through the Holy Spirit is that we can make a decision to change our thoughts. I'm not going to, nope, when I'm not thinking that. And not in a crazy, weird, I'm suppressing my emotions kind of way, but in a way that I literally think about what I'm thinking about. In a way that I realize, hey, I'm free in Christ. I don't have to accept every thought that comes to my mind. I don't have to accept every thought that comes to my mind. I don't have to accept this. I don't have to accept this just because it crossed my mind. I can look at it and determine whose kingdom is this of, and then I can make a decision on whether I want to keep it in my life or not. Then I can ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me, Holy Spirit. I'm not promising you that this is going to be just like not challenging, but I'm letting you know that you make a decision. I make a decision to live differently through Christ, that he will be with you every step of the way. Every step of the way. And you can, you can decide today. It doesn't mean that, oh my gosh, everything changed today. It means I made a decision today to walk in a different path. I might have to learn how to walk. I might still be crawling like a baby because babies got to learn how to walk, right? When they get on this side of, uh, 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 when they get on this side of the earth, they got to learn how to walk. They got to learn how to do this thing. So maybe I got to learn how to walk. Come on. But, ooh, I'm sorry. All these things. I just feel like God is setting us free. Like, I don't know if y'all can feel it. When a baby decides to walk, when a baby decides to learn to walk, they start crawling. They didn't see nobody around them crawling. They saw everybody walking. So they decided they want to walk. They want to learn how to walk. So they start crawling. Or they start scooping. If you have a baby that's a scooter. And then they get up. And they start taking a couple steps and they fall down, but they start taking a couple steps. Why? Because they made a decision to walk. They start crawling because they made a decision to walk. They start walking and falling and walking and falling. Why? Because they made a decision to walk. And then eventually they get to the place where they're walking. But don't discount the crawling because the crawling for many of them was the first step that they took because they made a decision to walk. They don't want to get carried around anymore. So they made a decision to walk. So the first step was crawling. Don't ever discount the crawl. Don't ever discount the walk and fall, the walk and fall, the walk and fall. 
Because if you look at your child today, they walk it. But it started with the crawl. And it started with the walk and fall. Come on. Don't discount the small victories because they will lead to big victories. Come on. For the for the children of Israel, every time they would have said no to worshiping, to worshiping another God would have been a little change, right? So we can't discount. Come on. Alicia says, Christ is helping me get free from smoking weed. Come on. Come on. Since the way he's doing it is extremely miserable, <laughs> I know it will be good in the end. He's doing it through a stomach bug. <laughs> Woo. Come on. Lord, help us. Don't discount the walk and fall. Don't discount the method. Come on. Don't discount this or that. Come on. For some of us, God is teaching us how to be good stewards of our finances because we got little finance. We don't got a lot of finances. So we've got to be very specific with how we use them. Don't discount the crawling. Baby steps. Come on. And that's victory. Baby steps and that's victory. Making the decision. First it starts with the baby. Make the decision. Ooh, I want to do what they do. I want to walk. I want to walk. So the baby start crawling. Because they want to start walking. Woo, Jesus. So the baby starts crawling. Woo. Because they want to start walking. Hallelujah. And if we would just start crawling, if we would just start crawling because we want to start walking, because we know that God is with us, come on, and because we realize that God is there, so we start crawling because we desire to start walking. If we, woo! Hallelujah. Jesus Christ said, follow me. Well, how do I do that? God, just follow me. Start crawling. Come on. Start crawling. Jesus is with you. Just start crawling. Then you'll walk a little bit and you might fall, but, you, but you're walking. Jesus will be there. You, you might stumble and your, your knees might get weak. And Jesus will be there. Jesus got you. He got you through the power of the Holy Spirit. But stop attaching yourself to the easy, quick fixes that lead you further away from God. The easy, quick fixes give you the appearance that you're walking, but you ain't. So let us stop attaching ourselves to the easy, quick fixes that just lead us further and further from Jesus, lead us further and further from freedom. Instead, let us be willing to crawl to Jesus. Come on. Woo! Hallelujah. Let us be willing, willing to, 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 to just to believe him. Hallelujah. Ooh. 
What I need is a no spend for a few months because God is teaching me something. Be careful what you ask the Lord for. He answers, but sometimes not in the way we expect. I wanted to work on finances this year. Come on. I just said there's nothing that the word of God cannot do. We just have to eat and digest it, taste and see that the Lord is good. Bailey says, God ain't done with you yet. Even if you are still in Egypt, God is taking you to the promised land. Come on. Come on, Alicia says, really, the easy fix is just make it take longer to get the fix we desire. Come on, Alicia. <laughs> Alicia, oh my goodness. Yes. The quick fixes just take us the roundabout. We t- end up, this happened to them. They, t- Y'all got to realize, we going to close out. I promise. I love studying the Bible with y'all. We've got, we've got to realize they were worshiping Baal. Why? Because they wanted prosperity. So they was throwing babies in fires. It seemed like a quicker fix. It actually landed them enslaved by the very nations that they were trying to follow. What they wanted was the prosperity. What they got was slavery. Like Alicia said, (laughs) the easy fixes just make it take longer to get the fix you desire. Allison said, no one wants to do the hard part first, but afterwards, hallelujah. Lenita said, press, pressing our way here into the word is so important because edification and strength comes from the word and from community press. Come on. Come on. Alicia said, just like the Israelites that made themselves take 40 years instead of the quicker way. Why? Because they doubted God. They desired safety and protection, but they doubted God and it took them longer to actually experience that. Hallelujah. We're going to pray out. My goodness. (laughs) The first step is making a decision. I want to walk. Jesus, I want to walk. I want to walk. The first step is making the decision that you want to walk. Jesus, I want to be healthy. First step is making the decision. I want to be healthy. Jesus, I want to be set free from marijuana. I, Jesus, I want, first step, I want, I want to be set free from marijuana, Lord. Jesus, I want to trust you, God. Making that first step, that's the first step, is the decision that this is what I want. This is the desire I have. I want to follow you, Jesus. First step, I want to follow you, Jesus. First step. And then Jesus will guide your next step. Jesus, I want, some people, Lenita said, Lord, I want to learn how to be a good financial steward, a good steward of my finances. 
Make the decision. First step is making the decision. That's what the babies do. They want to walk. And then God will give you little steps to help you crawl. Or he'll surround you with people that will show you the way. The first step is deciding. Nope. I'm a walker, Lord. I know it. I believe it through you, Lord. I and I'm a crawl. <laughs> and the baby never really knows how long they'll be in the crawling stage. The baby really never knows how long they'll be in the walk and fall stage. But the baby's making a decision to walk. Lenita said, I wanted to work on finances. She cried out to him, wanted to work on finances. So he took them away. <laughs> Perspective is important because I'm more content now and excited and hopeful for what he's doing later. I tie necessities and that's it. This is so good. Like I could stay and study the Bible with y'all. Come on, Nydia says, thank you, sisters. God is speaking to me loudly. Come on. Margaret says, God, we praise you for setting us free. Bevy says, happy Holy Thursday. As we commemorate the final celebration of the Passover with Jesus, and I pray we all have a fantastic day. May we take our love to a higher level because of the new commandment given, resulting in all Jesus surrender for us. Give up the control. Lord, we want to follow you. Woo! Kept, mm, this is the last thing I'm going to say. We're going to pray out. The fact that Bevy brought up Thursday and where we are. Uh, oftentimes, Jesus tells us to follow him. And then the next day, the next thing that happens is the hard. If we look at how holy we, what happened in Holy Week, he spent time with his disciples, telling them to follow these things that he was saying. And then the next day came the hard, came the unthinkable. Tomorrow is Good Friday. And that is where we commemorate the fact that Jesus was put on a cross. Come on. So the fact that he's giving us this notion and saying, follow me on this day. And then tomorrow is the day that we celebrate Good Friday. It's to say, hey, look, I'm giving you this. Recognize that what's coming may be very hard. But remember, come on, Jesus got up on a Sunday. Come on, Jesus got up on the Sunday. It didn't stay hard forever. Jesus got up on Sunday, hallelujah. It doesn't stay hard forever. It doesn't stay hard forever. It doesn't stay hard forever. When we follow Jesus, we have to recognize that there will be challenges, but it doesn't stay hard forever. It may feel like you're getting punched from every side, but it doesn't 
doesn't stay hard forever. There is a Sunday. Come on, Lord, it's messing with me. There is a Sunday where Jesus Christ resurrected from the grave. It doesn't stay hard forever. So when we follow Jesus, let us be willing to push through the hard for the Sunday. It doesn't stay hard forever. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Brandon says, I've been hearing conflicting info. What's the last day of Lent? I really don't know a lot about Lent. Lent is more of like a it started out as a Catholic tradition and things like that. But I know about the, the layout for Jesus's resurrection. So I'll tell you a little bit about that. So they believe that Jesus um, was crucified around Thursday evening, Friday, probably more like Thursday evening. Um, and then he was in the grave and then he rose on Sunday. That's what we know. He rose on the first day of the week. So that's what I know scripturally. I don't know every layout about Lent. But that's what I know scripturally. He rose on Sunday, the first day of the week. The hard doesn't stay. Cool. And he said, joy comes in the morning. Come on. Colina says, morning will come. Come on. Come on. Allison said, push through the hard because afterwards. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Lenita said, the hard is coming, but it doesn't stay hard forever. Trouble don't last always. Come on. Woo. Allison says, quitting when it's hard just keeps you going around the mountain. Be strong and courageous because the hard won't last always. Lenita says, push through the hard for the Sunday sunrise. Come on. Good goodness gracious. I believe that the, God is giving us this message and letting us know it's going it, there's going to be times it's going to be hard to do, to do what it is where you're going it's going to be hard but remember don't last hard don't last with Jesus. Romans says it doesn't stay hard forever. After every storm the sun will shine again. After every storm the sun will shine again. Come on, Colina said, even pain has a beginning, middle, and end. Come on. Whew. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Allison says, focus on him, not the storm. Come on. Let's pray. Goodness, because I'm about to be. Whew. My God, thank you, Bevy, for reminding us where we were in this. <laughs> Hallelujah. <sighs> and, you know, some people are, they, they, they question, when did Jesus actually go to the cross? Was it Wednesday? Was it Thursday? Was it Friday? The likelihood of it being Friday is slim. The, the, the time frame doesn't work out. But we know that it was before the Sabbath. And the day of preparation for Israel starts on Thursday night. But the, the, but the reality is, it doesn't matter. He got up. It doesn't really matter when he went to the cross. The reality is, he got up. And he, he showed us all. Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? 
Hallelujah. The hard doesn't last. Allison said, focus on him. Not the pain, focus on him. Not the discomfort, focus on him. Not the time, come on, focus on him always. Come on, just Jessica reminds us it only matters that he rose again with all power in his hands, proving to us all that, that no difficulty will last. He got up so you can too, come on. He got up so we can too. He defeated sin, death, the grave. He defeated these things so we can too, through him. That's why Paul said, should we go on sinning because grace is here? He said, God forbid. Why? Jesus got up so we can too. It's not, it might not be simple and easy, but come on. Through Christ is possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Jesus, as we reflect, oh my goodness, on what you did on the cross, we thank you, Lord, that you got up and then you told us to follow you. You got up, Lord, you told us to follow you before we even knew what it was that you were about to do. You told your disciples to follow you before they even really knew what, it, what you were about to do, but you were telling us to follow you to get up because you got up, to follow you. And Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, we ask that you help us to follow Jesus with our entire lives. Help us to follow Jesus with our health. Help us to follow Jesus with our worship. Help us to follow Jesus with our financial stewardship. Help us to follow Jesus in our relationships. Help us to follow Jesus in our parenting. Help us to follow Jesus in our, in our marriage. Help us to follow Jesus, hallelujah, that we don't have to stay in the grave and in the pit of sin. Help us to follow Jesus, to get up out of the grave that sin tried to put us in. Lord, help us to follow Jesus, to get up out of the pit that poor decisions try to put us in. Lord, help us to get up and follow Jesus, recognizing that the grave and the pit and the, the, the pit of despair that sin tries to put in our path, it's not for us. We can get up because Jesus said, follow him. Holy Spirit, help us to follow him. Help us to follow Jesus by any means necessary. Lord, we give you the glory. We give you the honor and we give you the praise. And Jesus, we thank you for getting up. We thank you for being seated on the right hand of the Father. We thank you for going through the hard and conquering it and beckoning us to follow you and do the same. We thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. And I pray that you have an amazing Thursday. And I pray that this week truly be a week of reflecting on the fact that Jesus got up. So you can too. Ah, I love y'all. If this uh, ministry has, uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Okay. <laughs> if it, uh, like, comment, share, and subscribe. And if this ministry has blessed your life in any way, please consider giving. I love you guys, and I pray that you have an awesome Thursday, and I'll see you back here on Friday. Bye for now.